Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. We are in the middle of a thrilling series called Three Cosmic Messages, unpacking the book of Revelation for these last days of Earth's history. Our topic today, what does it mean to fear God and give glory to Him? I'm excited you can be with us. We're glad you're with us for Hope Sabbath School. Welcome and welcome to the team. And you can see I'm a little excited today. That's not only because you're here, but because our team member, Tricia Lee, is going to be leading our study today. And what's so exciting, we've got many team members. In fact, 12 of us are going to be teaching this series, is that you are inspiring tens of thousands of other young adults around the world to teach the Word of God. Amen? So we're just so happy you're here. We've got some remote team members with us, too. Want to welcome Glennie from California. Glennie, good to see you again. We also want to welcome Puya from Hawaii. Always good to have you with us, Puya. And Jamie Jean from Virginia. Jamie Jean, great to have you back with us, and we're glad that we can study together. But I want you to know we're also glad you're with us. You say, Derek, how do you know I'm here? Well, because you're listening to me, and I want you to send me an email sshope at hopetv.org and tell us how you're blessed. Maybe you say, Derek, I just started teaching an interactive, in-depth Bible study in my local area. We'd love to hear from you and you can write to us just like these folk have. Here's a note from Jeffrey in Nigeria. And Jeffrey says, hello, Hope Sabbath School members. He was hoping to get the wave. My name is Jeffrey, and it fills me with great honor and pleasure to be accounted as one of those joining Hope Sabbath School. I have been inspired in a whole lot of ways thanks to your ministry, and it's my earnest prayer that our Heavenly Father would continue to strengthen us and keep us in line with His divine purpose for us till He returns in glory. God bless you all. Amen. Well, thank you for writing to us, Jeffrey, from Nigeria. Here's another note from Jamaica. Anybody from Jamaica? Or maybe Jamaican roots? All right. Wow, we've got strong Jamaican representation. Errol writes, he says, Watching Hope Sabbath School program helps me to better understand the Word of God and to comprehend the message I need to know today. Mm -hmm. God bless you all. Well, Errol, that's why we do Hope Sabbath School, to help you understand the Word, to bring people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus, right? That's what this series is all about, as we reverence God and give glory to Him. Here is a note from a donor in New Jersey. Thank you, New Jersey, for writing to us. Oh, You're not going to believe this, Trisha Lee. It's a Jamaican living in New Jersey. I want to tell you, a revival is happening in Jamaica and sending missionaries all over the world. I am a Jamaican living in Jamaica, but spending part of my summer in the United States. Does that sound familiar? Please accept this gift as a token of thanks for what God has done for me, the donor writes. I watch Hope Sabbath School each morning at 5 a.m. and on Friday evenings with my two granddaughters. Thanks for the amazing study of the Word of God and a donation of $500 to bless the ministry of this global evangelistic media work. Thank you. You know who you are, Sister 
Jamaican living in the U.S. in the summer. But for <laughs> each one of you who are part of this miracle, whether it's $5 or $500 or 50000 we can all be part of a great miracle of God. You can go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. That's our website where you can get all of our resources. Click on the donate button and we all smile because we're part of a great miracle of God. Thank you, each one of you, for your support. One last note. Irene's written to us before. She writes on our Facebook page. Do you know how many followers we have on our Facebook page? Almost 180,000. And by the way, we just launched Hope Sabbath School on a YouTube channel. We already have 87,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel. Somebody go wow or amen or something, right? Yeah, we want to use every platform possible. Our Hope Channel app, DirecTV, online at hopetv.org. Irene's watching. She writes to us, We have been watching Hope Sabbath School for years. We learn so much every week. Love the discussions. And of course, we love the scripture song. Well, Irene, we need you to sing our theme song with us in just a moment from Revelation chapter 15, verses 3 and 4. But before we do, don't I have a special gift to tell them about? I am so thankful and a little bit excited that Pastor Mark Finley and Heart Books have made available for you a free digital copy of Pastor Finley's book, Three Cosmic Messages. Now, you could go to Amazon.com and you could buy it if you want to, but we are offering that gift to you as a Hope Sabbath School member thanks to the kindness of Pastor Finley and Heart Books. All you have to do is go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. Right in the middle of the screen is a free gift button. You say, Derek, I know. I've gone there before to get different resources. Well, this one you don't want to miss. Some of you have already started reading it. Just available during this series, Three Cosmic Messages by Mark Finley. So take advantage of that wonderful offer. But right now, along with Irene, who who said she loves the songs, we want you to sing our theme song with us. It's a scripture song, and I love this song because it's a song of Moses and the Lamb that we will sing together before the throne of God. I don't know what the tune will be, but I know this. (laughs) I'm thankful to my wife for giving us a tune right now so we can hide God's Word in our hearts. Let's sing together. Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, O King of the saints, who shall not fear you, O shall not fear you, O Lord, for you alone are holy. Great and marvelous are your words. 
saints. Oh, all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. All nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been singing with us when we sing that song. Why don't you pray with us as we study about fearing God and giving glory to Him. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word and the time that we have to open and share and learn from you. Let your Holy Spirit guide us as we study more about these cosmic messages. Amen. Bless us as we read and study this special book of Revelation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are continuing an exciting series on three cosmic messages. And today our topic is fear God and give glory to him. We are going to start off in the book of Revelation chapter 14. And we're going to read verses 6 and 7, just the first part. But that's how we'll start our study today. I'll ask Jackson if he'll read those verses for us. All right. I'm reading from the New King James Version, Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come. Amen. All right. The first few words of that angel's message are? Fear, Fear God. God. Fear God. Interesting, because <laughs> you wouldn't necessarily think that using the term fear, that it has a positive meaning. Or why would we use that term, fear God? So we're going to study a bit more about that. Let's go over to the book of Matthew, Matthew 1, verse 20. And that same word fear is used in a different context there. And let's see if this is the kind of fear that we're talking about or if there's something different taking place here. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20. John, would you read that verse for us? Sure will. This is from the New King James. And it says, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this is Joseph receiving a message from the angel, and he's told, don't be afraid. Is it natural for him to be afraid? Mm. Why? Because Jason? 
Well, this is at a point where uh, he's been found out that his uh, wife, Mary, has a child of the Holy Spirit, and this is before they've been married. So there's some really confusing things going on, uh, and he's being told by God, no, it's okay. This is being done by God. Absolutely something to be maybe fearful or, or nervous about. What about the messenger and the way the message comes? Mm -hmm. Anything startling about an angel speaking to you, Jackson? I would say an angel of light I would imagine somebody who's so bright that I'll be afraid of. So if Pastor Derek were to come and tell you a message, <laughs> would you, you know, startle and be afraid? No. No, because you know, Pastor, but an, an angel, a heavenly being you've never seen or experienced before, maybe some fear there. Yeah. Let's look at another uh, passage where some people are fearful. Um, Rodney, would you please read for us uh, Revelation chapter 6, verses 15 and 17. Revelation 6, 15, and 17. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man, hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? So this sounds like the actions of people who are afraid of God. Mm -hmm. yes. They're hiding. Mm -hmm. They seem very fearful of him. But I want us to go back to Revelation 14, verse 7. We're going to read the whole verse now. And let's see what we can read from that verse that helps us understand that this is not the type of fear that we are being told to give to God. This is not the type of fear. Um, Samantha, would you read that verse for us? Revelation 14, verse 7, I will read from the New King James Version. It says, Saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Amen. Now, what from this verse lets us know that the type of fear we're talking about here is not that fear that makes you want to run or hide or call on the rocks to fall on you. Samantha? Because <laughs> it, it says, fear God and give him glory. Because if you're going to be afraid of him and you're running away, then you won't stand up to give him the glory oh, and ador adoration Very he deserves. Very good point. Yeah, Jason? Mm -hmm. And the last part of the verse talks about worship. So apparently there's a connection here to worship. Mm. Okay, worship. All right, Puya? Any other text in the Bible, I believe it's important to look at the bigger picture and not just take that one word fear out of context, right? As we look at the whole Bible, uh, someone has written somewhere that uh, the word where God said, do not be afraid or do not fear, appears about 365 times in the Bible. And they say that's like one per day, God reminding us to not be afraid. And so clearly, this text to the call of the, the first angel to fear God and give glory to him is not being afraid of God and running away from him in terror. I believe this is a call of reverence and respect and to be in a loving relationship with him as we follow his, uh, his leading. Beautiful Puya, thank you. Mm. Let's do exactly what Puya has suggested. And let's look at other places in scripture mm -hmm. and see if we can learn some more about how the Bible uses this term fear and understand more about what that relationship looks like when we fear God 
What is that reverence that we are to give and demonstrate? Let's turn to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 10. Let's read verses 10 through 21. And I will ask Sabina to read those verses for us. I'll be reading Deuteronomy 10, verses 20 and 21 from the Christian Standard Bible. And that's what the word says. You are to fear the Lord your God and worship Him. Remain faithful to Him and take oaths in His name. He's your praise and He is your God who has done for you this great and awe-inspiring works your eyes have seen. Amen. So what here lets us know there's a positive aspect to the fear of the Lord? Mm -hmm. Anything in these verses? What's the positive motivation that we see here? Savina. It encourages us to remain faithful to Him. So okay. how, why would you stay faithful to someone you are just afraid of or in terror? Okay, of? Jackson. It says that He is your praise. Yes. He is your God. So it talks about a personal connection with Him. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I don't need to be afraid. Right, it's hard to imagine praising someone that you're afraid of. Mm, yes. Or at least it certainly wouldn't be genuine praise. Mm. Right. But we know that yeah. God certainly wants sincere praise from us. Sabina, do you have another point? Yes, and most importantly, I like how it ends on verse uh, 21. That it says that He has done for you this great and awe-inspiring works. Ah, those beautiful things that God is doing for us. Mm -hmm. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 34. Let's look at verses 9 through 10. And again, we're looking through scripture to get a better understanding of what this fear of the Lord, fear of God means. Psalm chapter 34, verses 9 through 10. I'll ask Laurel if she'd read those verses for us. All right, and I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. Oh, fear the Lord, you, his saints, for to those who fear him there is no, there is no want. Young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. All right. So it sounds like more positive reasons to have this fear of the Lord. It doesn't sound like these are the types of, this is type of fear where you're running or you're afraid. It sounds like a joyful experience that you have with God. It sounds like a heart of gratitude and respect for who he is. Mm -hmm. But reading these verses it says that those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Yes. Does that mean that if we fear God, believers, Christians, that we won't want anything we don't have? Like, what does this mean? If we fear the Lord, does that mean that we, we get everything we want? Puya? Yeah. <laughs> no, I am sure that we all have uh, experience in life where things don't always go according to our desire. But I believe this. what this means is that spiritually speaking, when we seek the Lord and when we fear the Lord, God will provide for us the means for salvation to save us and the Holy Spirit will help us walk. And I also just want to add that I believe we can maybe, uh, you know, differentiate between two types of fear. I believe there's godly fear and ungodly fear. The godly fear leads us into a closer walk with God as we listen to his leading. But the ungodly fear leads us away from him and people run away from him. And kind of like the text that you read where people will cry out to the rocks and the mountains to fall on them because they don't want to be in a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. mm. Thank you, Puya. Sabina. And I just wanted to add a third type that I also witness sometimes, which is when people, they fear God and they think they are getting closer to him because they are afraid of something. Mm -hmm. So that happens also that they will not run away from religion or even from what they believe God to be, 
but if they have a wrong impression or knowledge of who God is, they may even want to stick around that creature that they heard of just because they are afraid of what him, who is not really God, is going to do to them. So that's also... Mm -hmm. It sounds like another type of the ungodly fear, mm -hmm. yeah. something that's right. not very healthy. Yeah. No. Jamie, I'd like you to read a little further down in, in chapter 34. If you'd read verse 19 for us, and we're going to mm -hmm. look again that we, don't might, we might not get everything that we want, but when God says those that fear him won't lack any good thing, let's see a bit more what the psalmist says about that. Verse 19, Jamie. Mm -hmm. The New American Standard Bible says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. All right. The Bible doesn't say those that fear the Lord will have all good things, but God promises that even if we face trials and temptations, he is there with us to yes. deliver us. Yeah, and certainly, as Puya shared, we can have and expect spiritual salvation, spiritual mm -hmm. deliverance. Mm -hmm. So this is not the ungodly fear where we run from God or we try to serve him to appease him. Mm -hmm. This is genuine fear, genuine reverence, mm -hmm. genuine that, that brings forth praise, worship, mm -hmm. um, and respect. John? Trisha Lee, we will always relate best to God when we are in awe of Him, mm. of His mm. power, of His love and mm -hmm. splendor. Mm. Amen, amen. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Let's look at how the fear of God was demonstrated in the lives of some individuals in the Bible because they show us that the fear of God doesn't just lead to praise, admiration, and worship, but that we can see the fear of God in our lives through obedience. So let's look at some important verses about that, and then we'll look at some individuals who demonstrate that for us. Um, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Jason, would you read that for us? The New King James Version says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Thank you. So this is interesting that this verse is telling us fearing God is associated with keeping his commandments. But now we're bringing in the son and the grandson descendants. Can the fear of God be taught? Is that something that you pass down? Do you inherit it? Or what does that mean? Why are we talking about the sons and the grandsons? Jamie? Well, our actions and our choices have good and negative consequences. So if we revere the Lord, if we follow his statutes, then it says you will live long in the land. And so there, there is good things that come from obeying the Lord and respecting the Lord. And when you pass that down to your generations, my choices affect my children and their children's children, mm -hmm. for good or for bad. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Sabina. And also, as responding to your question, if they can be taught, 
I would say you cannot force someone's you know, conscience or try to force them belief, but you definitely can witness of your own experience. Yeah. Yeah. They can see in your life, especially if it's your close family members, the ways in which this awe-inspiring God is working, and they may, may be inspired themselves to seek God as well. I love that. So I don't inherit the fear of the Lord from my parents who walked with God their whole lives. And they can't force me to have right. reverence for God. Right. But they are on display. Their lives are on display. Mm. We become witnesses yeah. and others can learn what the fear of God looks like by watching us. Mm -hmm. So in yeah. one sense, you can learn or you can teach it, but it's always going to be an individual uh, experience that we have to have. Let's look at some more verses that talk about the obedience aspect of fearing God. Let's go to Psalm one. 19, Psalm 119, verses 73 and 74. I'm going to ask Glennie if she'd read those verses for us. We're in the book of Psalm, chapter 119, verses 73 and 74. I'm reading from the New King James Version, and it says, Your hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped in your word. Amen. Amen. Oh. Give me understanding. I, I like this aspect that um, the fear of the God, fear of the Lord, it's tied to His commandments. But I love that the psalmist says, "Give me understanding." Mm -hmm. That God is not just asking us to blindly obey. Yep. There might be instances where we need to just trust and just run with God. But there's wisdom and understanding that comes from following God. You know, maybe at some point in time, you might be struggling with something. It doesn't make sense, but by faith, you keep obeying and following. Mm -hmm. And through time, the Holy Spirit helps you to understand God's will. And that heavenly wisdom can become your own. So we're not just robots. I fear God. I obey. There's trust and faith. But God gives us wisdom to understand the benefits and why we are actually obeying and understanding so we can help teach and share that fear of God with others as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's keep reading. It, oh, sorry, Puya, you have your hand up. Uh, yes, I, I just wanted to uh, pick up on where, where you mentioned about the idea of understanding God's love for us first. You know, recently I was having a conversation with a friend uh, who likes to drink every now and then. And he, he told me, you know, I, I don't see anywhere in the Bible where God says I, I, that do not drink alcohol. You know, I don't see that line. And, and as we continue to have that conversation, it appeared that from his perspective, the commandments of God seemed like a burden for him. Following God was a burden. So I, I asked him, you know, friend, I believe uh, you know, we first need to fall in love with God and only then obedience become a joy. You know, if if we don't have a personal relationship with God first, following the footsteps of the people in the scripture and uh, then God's call for us to obey him, it's going to be, of course, difficult. But when you understand, when you have that wisdom to see God's love for you, obedience become a result and you are in a when you fear God, it means you love him, you respect him, and you want to do his will. Amen. Amen. I love that, Puya. Thank you for sharing that 
the verses we've read did not say keep the commandments and fear God. The relationship is first. Fear God and follow him. Fear God and follow him. Sabina and then Samantha. And also I really like the idea of instead of just obeying as change it for embracing because truly when I walk with God the more close I am with him I really just want to embrace his will mm. and this obedience that eventually like in uh, some human terms it may sound like something stiffened or just someone telling you what to do out of no understanding it actually becomes full of understanding of how God loves you mm. and you are embracing the best that he has for you and that's good. Amen. Thank you, Sabina. Samantha? Yes. You know, it tells us that fearing God is having an attitude of reverential respect that will lead us to obedience. Mm, That's yes. what I, I took from that. Amen, Pastor. And I love what it says here that those who reverence God will be glad when they see me mm, yes. having yes. hoped in you. Mm -hmm. So it's like my heart responds when I see that obedience coming out of a loving relationship with God mm -hmm. and a reverence for God that, that others see that and who are also honoring God and they, they feel joy because they say, ah, this person, they understand the relationship between my love for God and, and reverencing Him. Thank you so much, Pastor. Let's look over now in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. We'll read verses 13 and 14. Um, Nicole, would you read those verses for us? We're in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. Hmm. The New International Version states, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Thank you, Nicole. So again, in later studies, we'll talk more about this judgment. But that verse you read, this is, this is it. Keep, fear God and keep his commandments. This is the conclusion of the matter. And these are the words that we believe written by Solomon. What do we know about Solomon, his life, that lets us know he has some credibility to make this statement? He says, this is the whole point of life. Fear God and keep his commandments. That's it. What do we know about Solomon that gives him some credibility to make such a bold statement? <laughs> Rodney. Solomon has been around the block. It, 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 <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> so to speak. Meaning, um, he, God, uh, God gave him wisdom. And it so happens that he used, somehow he used that wisdom to do other things. And mm -hmm. he went awry. He stepped out of the will of God. And mm -hmm. um, he really, really suffered while he was outside of the will of God. And then he came came to his senses, so to speak, and came back to God. And then he kind of summarized the entire experience as, in other, in other places it says, all is vanity. Um, in other words, outside the will of God, outside of his loving relationship with God, being the wisest person, mm. um, he just came to the conclusion that having a, 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 a saving relationship with God and following his, his commands is the best way to go. So like Sabina said, he at this point, through the relationship, saw the wisdom in yes. what God wanted for him. Yeah. Glennie, you had your hand raised. Yeah, I was just uh, thinking about what Puya had mentioned too, in the context of relationships, you know, when, when you do care for someone, obedience doesn't become a task. And Sabina had men mentioned it well, it turns into more of this embracing. So if someone were to give you a list, a to-do list of things, it becomes more like, hard to do but if it 
is a reaction, a response of my love towards someone. It's, it, it's ingrained in me. And I do that because I want to please him. And that's the interesting thing about God. We think obedience is constraining, but he does, he gives that not just for us to please him, but it's good for us and also good for the people around us. Amen. 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 We benefit certainly by following and trusting in God. Um, Let's, let's look at the lives of some individuals who, who live this and, and have taught us what the fear of God looks like and how we can obey and follow God. I'm going to ask John if uh, you will help us. We're going to look at the life of Noah. Let's go to Genesis chapter 6. And I'm going to ask you uh, to read for us verses 9 um, and then 13 through 14 and also verse 22. Okay. Reading from the New King James. And it says, this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. Verse 22. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him, so he did. Amen. Noah, brother Noah. So verse 9 tells us that Noah was a just man, perfect, and he walked with God. What would happen if the story ended there? Very good, Noah. Just perfect, you walk with God. I wonder if the correlation is because he walked with God, he was living in harmony with God's will for his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we don't earn a relationship with God by checking the list, like, right. like Lenny said. Mm-hmm. That actually, that walking with God, like Enoch, remember his relative, mm-hmm. uh, that that was a relationship with God mm-hmm. that's manifested in reverence and obedience. All right, reverence and obedience. Mm-hmm. Why is the obedience for Noah so important, Jason? Well, he's in a uh, time where God is going to literally destroy everything else mm-hmm. And he's the one person righteous. And so God's going to save him uh, because he has that relationship with God. He obeys God. He's going to be the one that saved him and his family. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Let's look a little bit deeper at this. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, Hall of Faith, it's called sometimes. Let's read verse 7. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. I will ask Jamie to read that verse for us. Hebrews 11 verse 7. Let's see this, this correlation here for for Noah. The NASB says, by faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Mm. Thank you, Jamie. I love that. With reverence, New King James says, with godly fear. So here's that relation between there's the godly fear and there's the obedience. But now the author of Hebrews gives us more insight that there's faith. By faith, he he believed. We talked about uh, this blind obedience that, you know, for the most part, God is not just asking us to be blind robots or just blindly say yes to everything. But if there was ever an example of someone that really had to obey blind faith, it's Noah. They'd never mm-hmm. seen rain before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we're told in Genesis a mist would come up and water the earth. 
no concept of water falling from the sky. Mm. And so when God said to build this ark, he obeyed. He had this relationship. Reverence was the word that uh, Jamie's version had. But by faith, and then it says he became the heir of righteousness. Amen. It wasn't just from obedience. There was faith that helped to motivate that godly relationship, the reverence, and he obeyed. Glenny, I see your hand. And that obedience is a result of trust. Now, trusting someone means that you have spent time with them. And you see, in this case, Noah had spent time with God to the extent he, he reached a point where obedience looked pretty crazy. It was a radical decision. But because he knew, wait, I've walked with God before. Uh, there's um, a, a quote I really like, which says, there's nothing to fear about the future, lest we forget how God has led us in our past history. Mm. So sometimes the, the decision to obey seems crazy, but in knowing that, hey, I've walked with God before, mm. and every single time he's proven me right, right over and over again, he's proven himself right over and over again, so I can trust him in the now, I can trust him in the future, even if it doesn't make sense. Mm. Praise God, even if it does not make sense, wow. because you have a relationship with God, and you know he's not gonna lead you, you know, off the cliff into the ditch, Right. You trust that what he is sharing is for your best interest. Sabina. Yes, and also going along with what he shared, I was just thinking here that one of the big benefits, one of the many benefits of following God in faith is because him is the creator of the universe. There's so many things that he knows about our making, about nature, about everything that surrounds us, about the laws of society and everything that he only can know to teach yeah. us. So I see more so and not just like a prescription, but much more as like a secret that he's giving me of well living. Mm. So he's revealing those things that I cannot know otherwise. And I just really want to know as, 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 as soon as possible to live well. Praise God. Thank you. Puya, let's look at the life of Moses, another example. And Puya, if you would read for us Exodus chapter 25, verse 8. And then we'll also read um, chapter 39, verses 42 and 43. So we'll look at two passages in the book of Exodus. Puya, I'll ask you to take a, read those mm -hmm. for us. We're looking at Moses now and seeing how he had godly fear demonstrated in obedience um, to the Lord. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Exodus 25, verse 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And 39, verse 42 and 43, uh, Exodus 39, verse 42 and 43, and the New King James Version uh, reads, according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did all the work. Then Moses looked over all the work, and indeed they had done it as the Lord had commanded, just so they had done it, and Moses blessed them. Amen. All right, amen. Thank you, Puya. Why was it important to follow the instructions um, that God gave for this? God make me a house sure i'll make you a house so you can spend time with me i've got all sorts of ideas of a lovely house to make for you mm -hmm. why was it important to follow the instructions that god gave john any any thoughts here god was very particular in this because this uh, sanctuary would be the outline of the plan of salvation mm. and so he was specific with its with its arrangement all right anyone else have thoughts on why following the command was important 
to be specific here? Jason? Well, we worship the creator and not the creation, and so it's important that we also get that order right of who needs to be worshipped. Mm -hmm. Okay, amen. Samantha? And it's also, he said, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. You know, and God, he, he doesn't want to dwell any, and, and I mean, he will find us wherever we are, but if it's for God, it has to be the utmost best. Amen, amen. Jamie, would you, let's go to Hebrews. I want to pick up on something that John uh, shared about the, the, the specifics of this sanctuary. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5, and the author of Hebrews gives us some more insight about this sanctuary. And Jamie, when you're there, would you read that verse yep. for us? So Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5 in the NASB says, Who serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things, just as Moses was warned by God when he was about to erect the tabernacle. For see, he says, that you make all things according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. Amen. Mm -hmm. We're talking in context here about the um, heavenly priestly role of Christ. And we know that there is a specific heavenly sanctuary. And as John shared, it was a pattern of what God would do for us. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just to dwell with us, but God wanted to come near the people mm -hmm. to teach them lots of lessons about himself. Mm -hmm. If we ever studied the sanctuary, you'll learn that every aspect of detail pointed to Christ or taught a lesson. Mm -hmm. And so if Moses did his own thing and just made things, his, it would not be the perfect symbol that God wanted mm -hmm. to represent that he is the only way, the true way um, to salvation. Let's keep going. Let's look at Daniel. Let's look at another person who made, uh, who feared God and made some choices. Let's look at Daniel. Let's go to Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. And we'll also read Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. And I'll ask Laurel if you'd read um, Daniel 1, verse 8 for us. All right. I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with a king's choice food or with the wine which he drank. So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. Thank you, Jackson. Let's head over to Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. And let's read another choice that Daniel made to obey God. Sure. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home, and in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Amen. Noah obeyed God and, you know, was, he saved his family's life, that's for sure, but also was an opportunity for him to demonstrate the faith and righteousness that God was working in his life. Hmm. Moses obeyed God and was able to, you know, demonstrate the pattern of salvation for the people, for all of us, in fact. But here we have Daniel now, and he's making some choices about his food and he's making some choices about how, when, and where he prays. There's no specific command, you know, Daniel, you should pray. We don't, we're not told in scripture that he has a specific command to pray three, you know, how many times a day in a window towards Jerusalem. What can we learn from Daniel? He's making very personal choices here. 
What can we learn from Daniel about how the fear of the Lord can impact our mm. personal choices? Mm. Any thoughts here? Mm. Jason? Well, just uh, when we obey God, it can apply to all kinds of areas of our life, including the little things like that we think of as little as food or how often or in what manner pray, little things in life even. All right, yeah. Sabina? And also it gives us conviction of doing things even when it's not very, you know, um, pleasing in the circumstances that we are, which is the case for Daniel. He was running a risk of life and yet he knew that he had to do what he did. Mm. All right. With his diet, he could have easily said, no one's, no one's going to know. Like, mm. who's, who's going to tell on me? You know, like, who, like, who am I doing this for? He had a relationship with God. And even with the prayer, it didn't say God told him to pray those money, you know, out the window. It says, as his custom was. Mm -hmm. New King James Version said, as his custom was. So based on his relationship, his fear of God, he'd establish a certain time to meet with God a certain time and way to pray. And he wasn't going to change that just because of this decree. Mm -hmm. Pastor. You know, we're talking, I know we got to get on to give glory to him, but, but Daniel said, I'm going to reverence God rather than reverence some person. Man. A person is telling me not to pray to the God of heaven, but I'm going to choose to reverence God yeah. more than to reverence people. And, mm -hmm. and as was pointed out, even if it costs my life, mm -hmm. because I would rather die honoring God and reverencing mm -hmm. God than try to save my life uh, reverencing some human being. Mm. Praise God. Amen. Thank you for that, Pastor. Let's move on. So the fear of God leads us to reverential obedience. Right? Not out of you know, being afraid of Him, but because we respect Him. Mm -hmm. We trust Him. He's mm -hmm. given us wisdom to understand His will for our, li our lives. But this angel in Revelation said, Fear God and give Him glory. Now, there is a created being who did not give God glory. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 14. Let's read verses 12 and 14. Isaiah 14. Um, and Rodney, I'm going to ask you to read those verses for us. A created being who refused to show reverence um, to God and putting him first. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation, on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Wow. So we don't have to spend too much time discussing this. We know how the story of Lucifer ends, okay? Mm -hmm. By not fearing God and giving him glory, we know exactly how that ends. Let's look at the life of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. and let's see what we can learn about um, how Jesus approached his life on earth and his ministry here. Let's go to the book of John. We'll read John chapter 4, verse 34. I will ask Nicole to read that verse for us. John 4. Verse 34. The New International Version says, My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Amen. 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 Let's look at one more. Let's get John chapter 6, verse 38. So I'll ask Jamie to read that for us. John 6, 38. So the New American Standard Version says, John 6, verse 38, says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, 
but the will of him who sent me. Amen. 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 Jackson, thinking about those two verses, the, the, the example of, of Lucifer who becomes Satan and then Christ himself saying he didn't come to do his own will. What does that teach you about fearing God? It's two different, it's, it's totally contrasting, right? Uh, Lucifer focusing on himself while Christ is totally focusing mm -hmm. on his father. Mm -hmm. And he's yeah. setting, a, setting a clear example for each one of yes. us that we should not be self-centered, mm -hmm. but our focus mm -hmm. should be toward God. Amen. Amen. Our focus should be towards God. Samantha. It's an attitude of the mind that's God-centered and not self-centered. And we realize what Christ did. He surrendered his all to, to his father. You know, he depended solely on God. So if he can do that, much more, what should we do? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Thank you. The angel says, fear God and give glory to him. Yes. Give glory to him. Let's take a look at what that means, giving glory to God. It's interesting because when you look through the book of Revelation, you have a lot of scenes where people are praising God, worshiping God in his temple, mm -hmm. um, proclaiming his majesty and his glory. And then you think about us. And we're going to learn that in many ways, we are a temple and we can be a vessel for God's glory. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Jackson, would you read that verse for us? Sure, I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Mm. Which temple you are. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's look at verses 19 and 20. John, would you read those verses for us? Yes, and the New King James says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Mm -hmm. What are some ways that we can glorify God in our bodies? Mm. <laughs> Laurel? You can take care of it. I mean, if you go back to the example of Daniel with the food that he ate, uh, he, there is also some health reasons why he chose not to eat some of those foods. And so by taking care of our physical health, we can glorify God as well. All right, Jackson. If God is dwelling within our bodies, I think we should try our best to give him the best dwelling place. Mm. Okay, any other thoughts? Puya? Exodus, uh, I believe 32, uh, Moses asked God, to show him his glory. And you would think that the glory of God is his majesty and his power, but the response from God was to tell, to remind Moses his character. And so I believe in the same way, giving glory to God is, uh, you know, copying his character in our lives, learning from Jesus so that in our character, people will be able to see the glory of God. And Jesus said in Matthew, you know, let your light shine so that people will see the light and then they will glorify your Father in heaven. So I believe it's giving glory to God is not just about the words we say when we praise God, but the character we live out. Mm. All right, Jamie. <laughs> For me too, it's also not being somber, but joyful and expressing that light and that peace and that joy that we have in our relationship with God. Mm. 
Let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Laurel, you mentioned taking care of your body. Some individuals have mentioned the things that we eat. Let's take a look at this scripture. Um, and Sabina, would you read that verse for us? Yes, 1 Corinthians uh, 10, verse 31, correct? And I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible, and it says... So, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Amen. Do everything for God's glory. So, our motivation in the things that we say or do, how we treat each other, how we treat ourselves, can be an act of worship. Yes. Can be an act of praise. Can be a way to demonstrate that God is living inside of me. Let's look at another verse about giving God glory, not just in our actions, but let's look at um, our hearts. Let's look at our minds. Let's look at Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. A powerful passage oh, yeah. that talks a bit more about what Puya shared about having that, that character Ooh. change. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Jackson, would you read those verses for us? Sure. I'm reading from the New King James Version. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. I love Amen. this. It's not just about actions and behaviors or a checklist, but having our hearts and conscience washed by the Holy Spirit, have renewed minds, changed hearts, Rodney. You know that word bodies there in this context, I think in the Greek is the word somata, which actually means uh, body, mind, and emotions all wrapped up together. And there's an interesting part there too that speaks to uh, re your reasonable service. In some translation it says, our act of intelligent worship. So. God wants our entire being to be wrapped up in Him. Mm. Amen, amen. When you look in the book of Revelation, there are scenes of individuals who, mm. they, they are not giving God glory. Despite everything that He's done for them, they will not give Him glory. Um, let's look at Revelation 16, verse 9. Revelation 16, verse 9. Individuals that refuse to give God glory. Jason, would you read that verse for us? The New King James Version says, Revelation chapter 16, verse 9, And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God, who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they don't have the relationship, do they? No. Mm -hmm. They don't have the reverential fear of God. And even at this time, that's not going to just pop into their hearts. Let's look at Revelation 19, 6 and 7 quickly. Laurel, would you read those mm -hmm. verses for us? All right, I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible, Revelation 19, 6 and 7. Then I heard something like the voice of a great multitude and like the sound of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him Amen. for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Amen. Amen. So we're wrapping up now. Fear God, give him glory. This beautiful scene of these individuals praising and glorifying God. And notice what it says, that marriage, we're talking about a relationship. 
the fear and reverence of God doesn't come because we're afraid of the consequences. Mm -hmm. It comes from a life that we have learned, experience walking with God, that faith day by day, learning to trust him, and because of his goodness, because of all that, we are able to glorify God with the renewing of our minds and our hearts and living that life of faithful obedience for him. Thank you for studying with me. We're going to keep learning more about these cosmic messages, but certainly let's go out. <laughs> let's fear God and give him glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Trisha Lee. And uh, I don't know about you, but as I was hearing that last verse, uh, that hallelujah verse, I thought, I want to be part of that group Amen. that reverence God and give him glory. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, that is our heart prayer today, that by a personal saving relationship with Jesus, that we would have reverence for you and that we would give you glory in every aspect of our lives, not just for our own blessing, but to bless those around us and point them to you is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friend, God wants you to be part of that group <laughs> that when, when Jesus comes, we say, Hallelujah, the Lord God Almighty reigns. We don't want to run in fear, but in reverent awe, welcome our coming King. Accept His grace today and then go out and be a blessing to those around you.